0: Welcome to The Connection Podcast. I'm Jason Keister, the show's producer, here with hosts Drew Boreen and Lexi DeLuna. Let's get ready to connect with somebody new today. Welcome to The Connection Podcast. I'm Jason Keister, the show's producer, and I'm here for a special Mother's Day edition uh, with Amelia DeLuna. Hello. And Lexi DeLuna.
1: Hi. And
0: Audrey Freeman. Hello, hello. Hello. And as many of you in Springfield Third Ward already know, Audrey Freeman as Amelia's mom. But we were so happy when she accepted the invitation to come join us today. Probably noticed, too, that my voice is going away. Thank you to the pollen in the area. (laughs) But the show must go on, so we'll continue. All right. I'd like to start today with a question regarding the most important thing you ever learned from your mom. And I'll, I'll keep mine short and sweet, and then we'll go around the room here. For me, my mom, very similar to Amelia DeLuna, uh, was young women's president. And that's what I remember about her growing up and her service in the church. And I remember that if any young woman had a problem or something that they needed to talk to somebody about, our door was open, didn't matter if it was Sunday during the week, 9 o'clock at night, she would bring them in. And that really taught me to have that mindset of trying to love people the way that the Savior would. Um, And not just share that love with people verbally, but show up for people in a significant and meaningful way. And Although I certainly am not perfect, I think that goes without saying, I think that's one thing I've really tried in my church service is to find meaningful ways to show up for people over and over again.
1: That's nice. So I get
2: to answer the same question here? Yes, you do. Okay. My mom, that's hard to keep it short and sweet because we learn a lot from our parents. Um, but if I had to choose one thing, I think it would also be service. You um, stole mine. I was gonna say maybe there's a a theme there. Then right, (laughs) like we watch our moms serve endlessly, and it's not just been like in church callings because it's definitely been in church callings. But like raising six kids who are not always um, appreciative or helpful. (laughs) Looking back, I was not a helpful kid. I know my mom stepped up a lot and served a lot, and she never asked for it or complained about it that I remember. Um, But it's been a good example to me that. Hard work and love can be shown in the service that you provide to those around you. Like was it, Elder Ukdorf that says love is spelled T I M E. And I feel like a lot of time has definitely been invested in serving others.
1: My mom has done that. So I appreciate that example. Solid. Um I'll share one for my mom and my grandma. I think one. I'm gonna say two things for that I learned from my mom is a how to be more organized as a person and be able to like stay on top of tasks, um, which I think is a really important life skill. Even though it's still definitely something I struggle with. I've learned that
0: from your mom too.
1: Yeah, she's well. She she always also like talks about her roommates in um, BYU who like would keep potatoes in their closet, so rotten potatoes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that is not. Not someone I want to become. So hearing all that from, can we pause my mom and take?
2: Mom, was I organized when I was fifteen? No, no, it's a process.
1: So it's there's hope for everyone. I'm gonna be honest. I kind of just naturally assumed you've always been like, no, like, no, was, like, no. Dan, like, what is it, Danny Tanner? Danny Tanner? Danny Tanner? No, <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I this is not who I was 20 years ago at all. That would be nice to know. Yeah, there's it, no it's definitely a learning curve. Interesting. Um, that, and then also, um, learning how to love ourselves more fully because, um, I think that's also one of the one places we can start to be able to learn to love others, um, is once we can like appreciate ourselves for who we are. Um, and then for my grandma, also service, it's just been like a constant thing I've always seen, Um, always the first to help. And even when she complains about frustrating leaders that she works with going into like camps or, um, people in her ward, it's still like, she still does it with such a heart full of love, which I've noticed, um, despite any other, um, things that would make it difficult. So that's what I'd have to say.
0: Awesome. What about you, Audrey?
1: So
3: my mother was very hard worker, and I learned to um, work very, very hard. Uh, nothing was too hard. Get a job, earn money. We right. learned to sew clothes. We learned to cook. We could bake anything. And uh, we just was always do, 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 go, go, go from early in the morning till late at night. And we didn't even have a farm and the cows and the chickens. It was just always doing something. Yeah, I have learned that don't be afraid of hard work. Like, Mm -hmm. work is a good thing. Yeah, I I got addicted to working out in my yard because that was my mom. Uh She was always out in her yard doing something out in the yard, and I got addicted to be doing that myself. When I lived in the city, my yard was way too small, so I had to go buy five acres because I wasn't crazy enough. (laughs) (laughs) I had to take on something.
0: That must be a lot of work to maintain now.
3: Yeah, it's too much now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not as crazy.
0: Well, Lexi, why don't you lead us through our standard intro question? And-
1: Perfect. Okay, so, Grandma, let's say in some hypothetical world you were to move to Manti, Utah, <laughs> and um, you're in a sure. new ward, and the bishop calls you up, and he says, hey, can you speak on Sunday and, like, introduce yourself to the ward? What are you telling people, like... Um, like how did you grow up? who you grew up with? Your family now? Um, your family when you were like raising little kids, like all those basics.
3: I would let them know that my parents was married in Manti, Utah in 1952. So I have some, um, connection to Manti, Utah because I hold a place in my heart. And then I'm here to serve and do whatever you would like me to do. And I, I breed six kids, and I'm not afraid of doing anything, and I'm here to serve the Lord. So whatever you want me to do, I love Jesus Christ and want to get serving as a temple worker in the Mantine Temple as soon as possible. And everybody ought to join me and, um, yeah, serve Jesus Christ. Where did you um, grow up? I grew up in uh, Eugene, Oregon. Um, I moved there when I was three years old from Salt Lake. And went to all the high schools right there on Bailey Hill Road, uh, Twin Oaks, Kennedy, and Churchill. And um, that's where I grew up. And then I went to BYU, married my husband, stayed in Utah for 17 years, but always wanted to come home. Came home in 1980s, no, 1996 to Eugene, Oregon.
1: Um, How many siblings did you have growing up? I had 11 siblings growing up. yeah. How many boys and how many girls? Uh,
3: Four brothers and seven sisters, and I was mac dab in the middle, so I had the older uh, kids uh, being mom to all of us, and I was mom to the younger five kids. It's a lot of kids. What's that? It's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids, but I wouldn't change out any one of them. Yep. Would you change out any one of your kids? <laughs> I would not change out any one of my kids either. When I grew up, I wanted to be an only child. I wanted to I wanted to have all that attention, but now that I'm older, I am so grateful the Lord was smarter than I was. So when you don't get your wish or your heart desire from the Lord, He has a better plan for you. He doesn't want you to be an only child and a brat. <laughs>
2: Not that only childs are brats. <laughs> no, no, <yeah>. they're not. <laughs> they just they, they
3: children. Uh, if if you have one child, you just give them all your love, all your attention. So when you have two children, you have to split it, and kids learn uh, not to be the only world of their parents, and so they learn to share. And so it's hard not to give your kids too much. Heavenly Father wants to pour everything down upon us, but He knows that that's not good for us. Just like it's not for our kids, so I have grandparents.
0: Huh. While you were raising your kids, did you work outside the home at all?
3: I worked outside the home for a very short period for my brother, but I worked at home, and then I would take the stuff into town to um, every day. But I was always home with my kids. I never wanted to be a send my kids off to a daycare. I always felt that being a, a housewife. And that's, a not a, that's kind of a bad thing to say nowadays, but a homemaker was my highest priority, was taking care of my kids. But my husband and I didn't make a lot of money. I'm grateful that I raised my kids poor, and they we learned how to struggle, and I think they're better off for it. But we always had—the Lord always provided for us, because we paid our tithing and take care of us.
0: Did you grow up in the church?
3: I grew up in the church, and my father was excommunicated the year I was born. And he became an antichrist. When you read the Book of Mormon, um, Alma 30, it's Korahor's story. That's my father. He'd fight against the church. He would try to get you out of the church. And so I grew up with Korahor as my father. He was a narcissist. And so I, uh, my mother stayed true to the church her whole life. But she struggled trying to keep my dad happy, plus... Um, being a oh, part kids. of the
2: church. Yeah. I, We were talking about this shortly, actually on the way over here, how the only, I don't know, the only reason, one of the main reasons I feel like my mom is a member to this day and has had a family that she has raised in the church is because there were people in her life growing up. It wasn't because her parents got her to church, it's because it was the Ward family, the few select individuals who saw past all the family drama and all the family garbage. And saw her as an individual and saw her desire to follow Christ and helped get her to activities and church yeah. attend. Like she was there because other people got her there. Yeah, I... Uh, and you
3: guys don't live in a convenient place either. Like no. you were out of town. We went to the 10th and Tyler building and we lived out Bailey Hill Road a mile from the city limit. So for us to go to church was not easy for us to go, but I would get rides from people that live further out than I did. The Lord provided a Jesse Clark that took me to seminary my first year. And I had the most amazing bishop on the planet um, uh, as a teenager that got me to church. But my gift, my spiritual gift is testimony. I always knew that God lived and loved us. And that's where I wanted to always be my whole life because of that gift. But, yeah, I was I was loved by outside my family into church. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm going to go around the table here. I know we all have questions. So let's start with Amelia. What questions do you have for your mom?
2: Well, let's add in a little bit of humor. <laughs> um, let's go. Because yeah. I have a question that I don't even know. I have never heard this story. i um, falling out of a car after a basketball game.
3: I hope that's funny. Was it funny? Not at or, the time. I was, was going to say what happened. I was a senior in high school and I dated a boy his name was Tom Stansbury. And he went to South Eugene, I went to Churchill. And he had this old 39 Chevrolet and he um picked me up to go to the game um and Churchill won the game against South Eugene that that time we had played. I think we were playing in MacArthur Court. And um after the game he wasn't very happy that we we won. I remember I opened the door and sitting in the car and <clears throat> I rolled the window down. I'm cheering to all my friends as he goes around a corner through the light. I roll out of the car onto the the pavement that was wet because it had been raining. Through the window grandma? I rolled out of the door Wait, into the, the intersection. Door was open? The door came open. Oh, man. And I rolled out into the street. I see through the light. I think it was uh, Patterson and let's you know, see, down by MacArthur Court. Oh, Patterson's by. Patterson know, 11. and 11th. Nice. That area right there by oh, um, Dairy Queen.
1: Yeah.
3: And I'm rolling out and I stand up, didn't hurt myself, <laughs> and drove, got back in the car and shut the door and never yelled at my friends again out of the. Out the, out the window, woohoo, we won! <laughs> wow. So make Did sure he... your door shut. <laughs> so was that just a faulty door, or just... I probably didn't shut it very well. It was a 1939 Chevrolet that was restored. It was an old car, an even old back car. then. Okay, yeah. How sorry was he about that one? Oh, he teased me all night that I smelled like pavement. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> what a gentleman. Did
0: you go on any other dates?
3: Yeah, I I like the guy. He was a nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Only problem with him, he went to South. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. It's funny.
0: Wasn't where you heard it all in that process? No,
1: not
3: at all. No scratches,
1: no nothing. That story. I feel like that kind of helps me out with uh, the. I had like the question of like, what was grandma like in high school? And I just. I want to know if you're like the type of person who would study all night or would be out with friends all night.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was about 13, I realized being shy wasn't very fun. So I became very outgoing and I hung around with the boys. I ha- had ar- hardly any girls that were uh, acquaintances or friends of mine. If they were, they were from church. And I hung out with the boys. I wouldn't say I was popular, but I was uh, always hanging out with the a- boys, very friendly. I was was not I was not stupid by no means, but I wasn't the smartest person on the planet. I'd get A's and B's, <laughs> and um, I the reason I didn't get A's and, I didn't get A's is because I'd be doing my homework in seminary the pre uh, the class before, trying to always stuff it in. Always had good intentions of reading that chapter in that book, but I was a terrible reader, so I didn't want to read anything. But I could do math. I could. Uh, I could outdo most people in math. When I was, my first year in college, I went to BYU. There was this, um, I took a math, I took calculus, because I took it in college in high school. So I'm taking co- calculus in, in college, and I'm acing everything, and I'm impressing all these boys, because I'm so smart. Well, they didn't know that I had taken the year before, it was just a f- refresher course. <laughs> and so they were pretty impressed how smart I was, but I was just... Yeah, I
2: will say I've always appreciated your. I I know you weren't like the most studious person in high school, but I've you've always um, shown me the value of education, and I think Mm -hmm. my siblings have picked up on that too. You like Peter um, mentioned how you made him go to his graduation, like made him. Yep, made him. Education was valuable, and like you never stopped learning. Like you went back to school when you were. like most of your kids have left the house to get your um, bachelor's degree. You took up piano lessons when you were, what, 30-some years old?
3: Yeah, I always wanted to learn to play the piano because I've always sat there as a president of an organization. No one was playing the piano. Like, well, if I played the piano, then I would have pre-lib music. So i like, I'm going to take piano lessons. So I learned to take piano lessons and learned to play the piano so that I could play pre-lib music for other people. You talk about Peter, though, going to school. Uh, he graduates high school. And he doesn't know what he wants to do. And um, so I'm like, I don't care what you do, but you're going to school. And he's like, <laughs> I don't want to go to school. And I'm like, well, I'm signing you up for LCC. And I'll choose the classes or you can. And he knew <laughs> he knew I was going to make him go to school. He wasn't going to just not do something. I, You're, you're doing something. You're going to school or you're... <laughs> You're gonna graduate, then I will stop.
2: Yeah, nice.
3: That's great.
0: Uh, I've I'd like to ask Amelia a couple of questions. So this this could be a two parter, but I'm curious from your perspective, how have your parents changed after retirement and after becoming grandparents?
2: Hmm. <sighs> if um, at all. Yep. Yeah, well, I think they. I feel like they have changed. I feel like being a parent is super stressful. And now that I am a parent, I see that. (laughs) Um, And when you're the kid growing up with the mom or the dad that probably is running low on sleep and they're stressed and there's bills and there's just life going on, it's hard to manage all that sometimes. And as a teenager or as a 10-year-old, it's easy to, like, pass judgment and think, oh, my parents are horrible and I – this is, like, how do I get stuck with these guys for, but now that i'm on the other side of <laughs> now that i'm on the other side of the fence i don't know if it's so much that my parents have changed or that my perspective has changed that now i'm seeing where they are coming from and i'm seeing like there's true struggle in like trying to just manage life and loving those that are in our bubble like being a parent is great having a family is great but it's definitely like it's work it's hard yeah, And so like, have my parents changed? Maybe they have. I mean, I feel like they're, they are able to love on their grandkids more than they were able to love on us. But that might just be because we were terrible kids who were stressing them out like night and day.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you weren't terrible kids. Oh. I've learned, I've learned to um, value relationships. And to put time into relationships and to spend time with kids and not be go 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 do do do, but to enjoy the little things in life.
0: Yeah, how do you accomplish that? Because I I think we all see the value in it, but we get stuck in the loop of technology, work, go go go. I
3: I I I, I prioritize what is the most important thing for me to be doing at this point, right at this very minute, and. um you have to get uh, certain things in. but I re- I wouldn't say I'm retired, but I'm fairly close to being retired. I find things to do. I'm never bored. But if I was working all day a little more stress of trying to get everything done as you work all day long, plus trying to get everything in. but we all have downtime. Whatever's important to is what we have time for. And um, if you have time to watch TV, you have time to send a text. Yeah. to show someone in your life that they're important to you in, in your life. I love that my kids will put me in their, in their life. I uh, have a grandson that calls me all the time on his little FaceTime. Uh, oh, so if they want to so do cool. me, I do that. I, I appreciate that. Uh, my My boys, Mark and Nick, will come over Fridays and have lunch with me if I'm around. And I get texts from Jill all the time and Rebecca and asking me for recipes and Amelia just constantly and texts, you know, what's going on in her life. And I love that um, there's just all this stuff going on and all this relationship of everybody and putting it all in. At the end of the day, you didn't get everything done that you want to get in, but you got at least one thing that you wanted to get in. That was to text one person, let them know how much you love them yeah well
0: and sometimes that's the step you needed to take that day um going back to what you said amelia i think it's very relatable as a parent now seeing my own mother and what she did and i one thing i wish i could convey to my own kids now is when they see something maybe that's unfair. I'm sure that's a conversation that comes up in your household too. You know, you favor this person Never. or whatever.
2: <laughs> this is a sarcastic, I'm sorry. What,
0: I'd, what I'd love to get across to him is, maybe I do sometimes. I don't try to, um, but we actually weren't born parents. And I feel like we see that sometimes. We We see it that way when we're kids, is that our parents were always parents, when in reality, they're doing it for the first time. Yeah. And that's what I always try to convey to my kids is, you know, I, I don't have any bad intention, but I know for a fact I am not doing this exactly right all the time.
2: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, I, I wanted to do a follow-up question for you, Amelia. What did you do to annoy your mom and dad as a kid?
2: What did I do to annoy them? I don't know. I was terrified of being in trouble. But if I was really having okay, this I would do this. If I was having a day, and I wanted it was my brother's. Like if I could get my brothers in trouble, that was satisfying. So sorry, Mark. Um, <laughs> there, yeah, there was a couple times I would. Um, well, for example, one time I would like write Mark's name on the furniture. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if I can get Mark in trouble,
3: that's that's the way to do it.
0: Did you know about this, Lexi? Yeah,
3: yeah I did. Yeah, yeah. Mark would okay. write his name on stuff. I remember writing my name on stuff too when like, I was a kid. Why would you own that? Like, such a
2: it, it's, inherited. <laughs> it's So Stupid. <laughs> does Brandon do that? I don't know. I'm just word to the wise. If you don't want to get in trouble, don't write your own name on something.
0: <laughs> um, Brandon yeah. does do that. He I put his name on Mark a couple of places in the bishop's office.
2: Has so. he? Yeah. Genuinely? Yeah. Okay, Brandon <laughs> is told you. such a great role model. Wow. Okay, sorry. Oh
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, what kind of place? Like, his. Brandon was here?
0: Yeah, Jessica, Brandon and Liam both marked places on the whiteboard in the bishop's office.
1: think Whiteboard's a bit different, though.
0: Well, I mean, I think Brandon left like an old gummy bear <laughs> on the whiteboard, so,
3: I mean.
1: You should write well, on a, with a Sharpie on your whiteboard, <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, I did that to grandma's whiteboards one time.
0: <laughs> um LOL. Going back around the room here, uh, Amelia, what other questions did you have?
2: Um. Well, I know my mom has traveled a lot and she's seen a lot. I always like when I would brag about my mom when I was 10, my brag would be that she's been to like all at the time it was all 48 uh, stateside states. Um, and she since has been to all the states now, but she's mm-hmm. been not just to the states, she's been around the world and she loves it. And she always has um, stories that she comes back with that are just great to listen to and to hear about the culture and the people around the world. So, mom, if you I mean, with all these places you've been to and whatnot, like what's your takeaway from that or where would you go back or what's been your it's hard to choose a favorite, I know, but or what? what do you have to say about that?
3: Well, when I was on my Norway cruise in August, we landed in um I call it Gerringer, but i don't I know I'm saying it wrong and it's a fjord it's at the end of a fjord um in Norway, and we landed on the cruise ship, and I woke up that morning with two two mile mountains on both sides of the ship, so you're just in this huge valley, and I look around and there's waterfalls coming down every cliff. And I had reserved some e-bikes that day to go on a, a bike ride in the, in, on the, in, the, in the city that day. And I'm going past waterfalls and I'm just going up this valley and it's just so green and pretty and the ocean's down there. And I'm just like, man, I'm not coming home. I don't know why I'm living in Eugene, Oregon, when I could be living in Jeringer, uh-huh. Norway, wherever you say it. Then I'm like, oh, wait a moment. They don't speak English here. That might stop me. <laughs> and I did get on the ship, and I did leave, um, but I've never seen anything so pretty as Geringer, um, Norway, as on my e-bike. If I lived there, I'd be on that e-bike every day going up that mountain. Um going all the way to the next city and coming back down. And uh, that was just one of the best beautiful cities I've ever, uh, countrysides I've ever seen. It was so pretty there in um, Norway. But I just came back from Antarctica and the snow in Antarctica. I don't want to live there. Uh, no way. Uh-huh. No, thank you. <laughs> but that was so pretty seeing all the snow down in Antarctica and the fjords of um Chile was just as magnificent as Norway.
0: Was that so? Going to Antarctica? That was a cruise that you. Uh uh-huh, huh.
3: That was a cruise, and I I think I love fjords and mountains, and water. I I love beauty. Do you have a favorite state? I have a favorite state. I just came back from uh, Black Butte, Black uh, Mountains, the Black. Is that what it's called? The Black, Black Hills in South Dakota. That was really pretty. Up, back mm-hmm. up in the mountains, Rocky Mountain National Park, gorgeous, beautiful. Um, I have learned to love the mountains. I've learned to love the deserts. I also was just a few weeks ago. <laughs> I've been so many places, I can't even think. I was just standing in Las Vegas on a bike ride with my sister looking at uh, Las Vegas. And I'm like, this is a very pretty place, too. And I'm out in the desert where the jackrabbits are are hopping, but just looking at the mountains, everything looks beautiful to me now. I have learned from my daughter Jill that uh, the Earth is a, is a a palette for an artist named Jesus Christ, and he made such a beautiful um, it's such a beautiful artwork the the Earth that we live upon, and it's so pretty. And we can look at clouds, we can look at flowers, we can look at rocks, we can look at water, and they're all beautiful. And I I saw the beauty of Las Vegas, if you can believe it, on a bike.
0: I believe that because you can play golf while you're there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's a theme that's come up on the podcast a lot is a form of worship can be just sitting back and appreciating the beauty that God offers us and just the love that He shares by letting us enjoy everything there is in this world, yeah. Um, you have anywhere on your list to go next, or
3: I am. <laughs> I'm planning Colorado. Back to Colorado um, back in August, and uh, before that, July is going to be uh, Alaska. I my my goal is to hit all the national parks of the United States. And I haven't given my uh, a a set goal for when we're finishing that, so those are on my list. And every time I go to a national park, I'm like, I can't believe how pretty this place is. It's Mm -hmm. just so, so pretty, and uh, it's just so pretty and so gorgeous. I want to come back. And um, my next goal, hitting the rest of the world, is Africa, and um, and uh, haven't discovered much of Asia yet.
1: But I'm going to hit Africa.
0: Excellent, uh, Lexi. I know you got some more questions for Grandma. I
1: have so many. I don't even know <laughs> where to start. Uh, maybe a quick one. Did you play any sports in high school?
3: I did not play any sport on sports teams. I lived out in the boondocks, so my parents would never give me a ride into practice and back or to games. So I never did any sports. But I was good at. I was good at sports. I could run. I could, every time I, um, in PE, whenever I hit the baseball f- for um, PE, I would always do a home run. So I was pretty good at softball, but I never played a sport because I could never get to practice in the games and back.
1: What would your top pick have been if you could have played a sport? Uh, the sport that I would have picked, probably baseball. Cool. Okay, that was just one of my gymnastics scared ones. me, Parla. <laughs> yeah, that sounds it terrified me. Awful. Um, gosh, I don't know where to start. Maybe since you were kind of on the loop of travel right before that, um, I want to hear maybe some stuff about you traveling with Uncle Wally <laughs> specifically. <laughs> um, I heard you had a sleepover somewhere quite. Um, peculiar? So when we would travel, um,
3: the business that my dad had, he was a traveling business. So he would send whoever he could out on a trip. And so I went out with my brother. I was 17 years old. It was before I was a senior in high school. And my brother Wally, 22, 23, 22. And um, my dad sent us to Canada, east the East Coast, and down to Florida. So it was three weeks of that. And um just everywhere with Wally. we were up in Canada and um he spilled honey on himself and he was so sticky. We finally got to a hotel. We would that never, happens.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like we would never
3: yeah, we wouldn't we would never uh sleep in a hotel because it was too expensive. So we just roll out our sleeping bag and sleep wherever we can. So that was one of the only hotels I think I've ever been to um, with my brother while I was up in Canada somewhere. He finally got a shower. But yeah, we slept underneath the World Trade Center in um, New York City as people are going to work the next morning on the sidewalks, walking around us like we're bombs. We slept on Miami Beach. Um with uh, the waves coming in, just a place to sleep. Those are two that I can remember. I've I've been frozen to death. I have, oh, with my dad. We're in Ohio. I don't know anybody lives in Ohio. Um, Yes, Jill. And um, Jill hates Ohio. And um, (laughs) she has nothing nice to say about it. I remember being in Ohio, and we're sleeping out just some random place, and my dad was in the cab on one side and I was in the other cab on the other side and it was so hot I'd roll down the window and all the mosquitoes would come in bzzz, and you'd be like oh 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 and um you'd be <laughs> so you roll the window back up and you're like oh, too hot you roll it back down the mosquitoes would come in I don't know anybody lives in Ohio I just don't get it but yeah my brother Wally on that trip that he um, poured the honey on him. Yeah, I had like fifty mosquito bites that I counted on me. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I don't have a one. <laughs> so I think they like me. Mosquitoes love me, I guess, for some reason. Uh,
0: or pour honey on yourself. Or Maybe pour honey on
3: myself. That uh, that might be the natural tool. remedy mosquitoes. for mosquitoes. Yeah, what it is? That.
0: Just get uh, a lot of bee stings that way, probably. But <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Well, I've I've got a question. Because we actually have more of the DeLuna family members here. We have parallel with us as well. Parla, do you want to come ask your question? Cool. You can come over in my spot. you can pop here. Or you can go in Amelia's spot. Yeah.
4: Okay. So, Grandma, yeah. I, when you were younger, uh, since you were one of the only members in your family, did you ever envy anybody for what they could and, and you couldn't do? <laughs>
3: I don't think so. I was never uh, envious that um, some of my siblings stayed home for church. I always wanted to be at church. I had some uh, siblings that drank and smoked, was never envious of them. I, no, I don't think so. I was, I was very happy with being goody two-shoes. Did you have siblings that would try to pressure you into any of that stuff? I remember my sister Susan offering me the only cigarette I've been offered my entire life. And I don't think I've ever had anybody offer me alcohol.
1: Solid. It's good. It's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, that is cool. Good question. Yeah, because sometimes there is that fear of missing out a little bit. I think that is natural to experience. Um. But I I do like the idea of standing for who you are because I think a lot of people, whether they're living the kind of life you are or not, I think they respect that.
3: Yeah, I wasn't perfect, but I was never rebellious on purpose.
0: I, I wanted to ask you, Audrey, about just growing up. Was there any historical event that really impacted your life, reflecting back on it?
3: I remember the uh, people coming home from uh, the Vietnam War. I didn't know what the whole dealio was with the Vietnam War until I took uh, Jill's uh, test last Sunday about the Vietnam War. Actually, thanks for teaching me, Jill. But I think the thing that I remember, I remember where I was when we landed on the moon. I was sitting on the front lawn of my elementary school studying something with the class, and we got word that they landed on the moon. So I remember where... I was for that. Um, we've now hit the space age. And as an America, a very proud America that we're walking on the moon and we're uh, leaps and bounds and doing stuff as a great nation. I grew up uh, loving our country and respecting our country. And um, I didn't see the riots of the Vietnam War being an issue or a problem from what I could see.
0: How old were you when they when they had the moon landing?
3: I believe I was six. I would have to historically look that up, though. Yeah. What's
0: that like as a six year old to see something?
3: Like, yeah, I you just don't ever say you're going to see the day when things happen, but you, you things do happen.
0: Uh, does anything surprise you about the future now?
3: Uh, uh, the future now. I think the the thing that shocks me about the future now is we're not. Patriotic like we used to be. Yeah. We're not doing the Pledge of Allegiance in school. We're not respecting. Um, we're not respecting our country. We don't love our country as much as we should. We fight. We're bickering. We're fighting against each other, and we're calling everybody hate out all the hate crimes. But I do see that we are way more um, civil when it comes to races. Mm-hmm. The Hispanic, the Asians, the the Blacks, and the and the Caucasians. There's not a um, division as much as there was before. And when it comes to race, I think we're may, way more um, tolerant of race than we ever used to be.
0: Oh, huh. that's really cool. See, I was in a totally different lane. I was thinking there were going to be flying cars when I was a kid.
3: Right. <laughs> I
0: was. I thought that, but. I think you're right. Some of the social change that's happened, and then just even looking at the impact of technology and cell phones, I I don't think I ever could have imagined my brain what that would look like.
3: I think the thing that blows my mind the most by far is we pay for water. (laughs) (laughs) By far, I remember standing at a Coke machine, and I'm like, getting a Coke for whatever price it was, and I'm like... Um yeah who would ever pay for water and now we're paying the same price for water as we do for a coke. Yeah. I didn't think that day would come. Uh,
0: um I have another family question what about you and Amelia is the same and in which ways are you different? <laughs>
3: way we're, we're the same is we're very uh, concerned about the world around us, each other, our kids, our family, very um, family-relation-oriented. We want a perfect world. We want everybody getting along, everybody loving each other, and we want everybody loving the gospel and loving Jesus Christ, and we want the best for everybody by far where we're different. I'd love to hear what she has to say because I can't think of anything at the moment. Um. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm your mirror image. I remember like, one time. <laughs> sorry, I have, to, I have to throw this in. I remember one time she was a kid and she pulled something of trying to teach me a, a lesson, and I'm like, "That's really funny because that's how I exactly how I would do it." And I know exactly what you're thinking, and I have to let you know I know exactly how to fix that, so you're not winning. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of scary that
2: we. I mean, as parents, we're teaching 24-7, and our kids are definitely picking up on things 24-7. So I feel like, I don't know, it's hard for me to see the differences, but I definitely am I'm okay with all the things that we have in common. I think all the things
3: we have in common are all nice things. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. Amelia, what other questions do you have for your mom? Um,
3: Well, we're,
2: was someone going to... I felt like Lexi was going to ask about some of these,
1: about Bennett and a car. I have a couple of things. That's your yeah. like you answer. That I was going to say, I feel like you might want to take sure. some of these
0: questions. Sure. Let's, let's
1: do it. All right. Um. So, Grandma, you have, we have this lovely cousin named Bennett. He is, how old is he now? He's almost eight. He's full of life. Oh my God. That's how gosh. I like to word Bennett. I not realize he was that old um we have this eight-year-old cousin and he yeah full of life his middle name is danger (laughs) and he lives up to his name for sure so um grandma would you like to tell us maybe i think think start with the dump the story at the dump and then the story about your pond (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so the, the story
3: of the dump is I, I have to take my garbage to the dump because I have a very long driveway and I don't want to take my um, cans to the end of our driveway so I just load them in the truck and take them to the garbage anyway so I loaded up our stuff and Bennett was at my house and I was watching him and I just loaded him up in the in the car and I did the recyclables first if you've ever been to the Eugene uh, Springfield Lane County dump you unload your recyclables first And you have to keep the kids in the car so we stay in the car. And now I'm unloading the cans and all the stuff that goes with um, the garbage. And the spirit told me, roll the window down and take the keys. And so I put it in. It's, It's a stick shift. So I put it in first, put the brake on. And started doing my thing, left him in the cab. I, un, uh, I let him unbuckle because I didn't want him feeling like he wasn't having any fun. And next thing I know, I see the truck rolling oh. away with him going. Ah. <laughs> so because I rolled the window down, I was able to um, open it. the door because he had locked yeah. the door on me. And I pulled the key out. No, I put my foot on the brake real quick, but yeah, it it um, rolled a few feet, and then I put it back where it's supposed to empty my garbage, put him back in his car seat, and came home and thought, do you tell the parents? (laughs) (laughs) Do you tell the parents? Bennett also, when he was probably about three years old, came over my house, and he saw my little fish pond, which is about two feet deep and there was some ice on it and i don't think anything of it and i'm doing my thing and next thing i know he's in the pond all wet because he has to walk <laughs> on the pond the ice was really thin and yeah you don't let bennett have a moment do you tell the parents
1: do you tell the parents? <laughs> Did you have any, do you, do you tell the parents moments with the Delunas? I
3: don't have to tell the parents when it comes to my other grandkids because those other grandkids just tell the parents anyway. Uh, <laughs> Brandon told them everything. Alexis told them the other stuff and parallel the rest and Eli finished it up. <laughs> and Mark's kids will do the same. I remember getting a speeding ticket. No, I didn't get a speeding <laughs> ticket. I had Mark's kids in the back seat, and I Google told me to do a U turn in uh, an intersection in Oregon, and I did a, a Goog- I did a U turn because Google told me to do a U turn, and next thing you know, the cops are stopping me, and oh. I'm like, Google told me to do a U turn, and he's and I um, he he gave me a ticket, and I fought it by. <laughs> Explaining myself, they reduced it by half. But of course, Nora's going to tell Mark. I have not. I've not this. heard the story. Of course, she's going to tell Mark, Mark and Liz that Grandma got stopped by the cops. Of course, I can't. <laughs> you can't lie. You you just sit there and hope. Okay, I know they're going to tell him. But let's just kind of brush it off as, <laughs>
1: yeah, it was fun. My mom ran a red on a left turn on main street oh. um the other yeah, night. recently it was, it was a couple months ago i'm a great but driver <laughs> it was really funny because she was like kept going and i thought she was just gonna stop like my dad does he does this thing where he just like keeps going keeps going and you keep wondering is dad gonna stop and then he sure enough always stops but it's always like you don't expect him to I thought that's what my mom was gonna do, and she just keeps going. I'm like, Mom, that's a red. You realize that, right? And she's like, oops. Oops. Nope.
0: <laughs> Amelia's a good driver. I always end up like behind her driving the church activities. I always try to win.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think I tried racing the Keisters one time to a fireside. Oh, I think true. I lost that. And yeah, I lost. lost that one. Yeah. My mom doesn't let me like speed, which good mom, I guess. That's uh, why, well, yeah. just kidding. That's why
0: driver's ed is so important.
1: <laughs> uh, I love it so much. You're going to be a better
2: driver than I am when you're done, right? At least better than dad. At least better than dad.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: man. <laughs> I was kidding. Uh, dad parking at church mm-hmm. today the was hilarious. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> he hit the curb like five times.
1: Like five times. <laughs> He's trying to get the tire in, but it was against. He kept hitting it, pulling out, hitting it again, pulling out. Like purposefully, at one point, he was just like, tried driving over the sidewalk. <laughs> and Drew, True Boreen, is passing us. And he's just like, making the weirdest, like, Jorge, what are you doing faces? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was pretty Someone got to observe that.
0: And that's why Jorge rides a bike. And yep. that's why Jorge rides a bike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Lexi, what do you like to do the most with your grandma?
1: Um, I said this earlier. I love traveling with my grandma. Um, I think things are always, um, there's not typically a super solid plan I've noticed. (laughs) There always is at the end. In the best way possible. It's like at the beginning of the day, I'm like, what are we doing? And it's just like, whatever we end up doing. (laughs) It's just like, um, figure it out as we go. It's called organized chaos. It's fun. I enjoy it. But, um, so I love that. Just going places, doing things with her. Um, should I say Las Vegas story? Sure, go for it. Okay. In
4: Vegas the story. second
1: oh. grade, um, second grade? Yeah. yeah. Um, second grade, I went on a trip with my grandma to Las Vegas. Um, and we went to her brother's business, mm-hmm. um, which is called Hart Lauer Signs. Um, and I came back from that trip, and we were supposed to write about, like, some... Something we did like recently. News. Like, yeah, the weekend news. And I I actually very vividly remember this. <laughs> I swear I don't remember anything from elementary school. At least not from, like, a like a very specific point of view. But I remember sitting there, staring at my paper, trying to figure out how I spelt signs. Because I was trying to write Heart lower signs. And I just couldn't figure it out for the life of me. So I end up writing sins. <laughs> but... What gets better wasn't the only mistake is the fact that um, the way I spelled heart-lower looked like heart lover, and <laughs> <laughs> so my weekend in news is that I went to Heart Lover Sins in Las Vegas <laughs> with my grandma. <laughs> and my teacher, like, calls my mom, and she is like, um, do we need to, like, let's have a discussion, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember. <laughs> funny I' don't... miscommunication. Yeah, that was How are things comical. at home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's just... It was just one of those small little funny after stories, but well, there's so if much adventure.
0: Make a business in Las Vegas. That's a you know, good candidate for a name. Oh, I r- yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I love my mom. She's always like a <laughs> oh, poker <laughs> and it's like, and it, she wants to go on an adventure. I love like that. sitting back at the house or like she always said she didn't ever want to be the boring grandma. She didn't want to be the grandma where my kids showed up and they just sat and
1: And she crocheted in the corner.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the entire time. So <laughs> she actually told me when I had kids, she's like, if you ever hear your children say that they're bored at my house, please say something because I don't want to be the boring grandma. Um so she's always made an effort that if she's watching the kids and she's always super willing and able. Um they're going to the park, they're getting ice cream, they're going on a bike ride, they're not just sitting around but they're out doing something.
1: Yeah. I really don't think I've ever been bored at grandma's house unless it was like grandma's gone (laughs) and we're at the house.
0: And I I think it really shows just from an outsider perspective, you know, when we're talking about Brandon's farewell or we're talking about doing this podcast, I hear from your grandkids, Oh, you got to talk to my grandma. Like, and I think that's pretty cool.
3: She's pretty cool. I learned to be a grandma from watching um, Faye Babcock uh, interact with her kids. She's from Eugene First Ward. Because I didn't know my grandparents very well, and my mother didn't do much with her grandkids. And so I'm like, I want to be the really cool grandma. So I learned, oh, you're supposed to go to ice cream? I know how to do ice cream. Oh, you're <laughs> supposed to go swimming? I can go swimming. And so now I'm just, uh, I don't know how to stop. <laughs> it's too much fun. I want to show my grandkids the world. I want to take them to Juringer, uh, Norway. And <laughs> we're nice. all getting e-bikes. I'm gonna show you the ride of your life.
1: We should get um electric scooters in that one. Too. Salt Lake City. Not not only does my mom <laughs>
2: like to travel, but she's really you know good about goes? finding like amazing dills traveling. And she won't just keep it to herself. She'll like share it and she'll bring mm-hmm. her grandkids with her or the family. Like Parallel, when she was in were you in third grade? When she was also probably writing something for school, grandma happened to see it. And it was something like, was it second grade also? Oh, second grade is a good year for the DeLunas. Um, she says something to the effect of, I want to go on a cruise because I've never been on one, which is like a huge,
3: huge... Let her tell the story, Mel.
1: I was going to say, you want to oh, tell it, Parallel? Do you want to tell
0: the story? Yeah. yeah. Jump on.
1: Just like out of curiosity, though, if I were to write a school assignment about how I really wanted to go somewhere and I happened uh, to show it to grandma because I was proud... Well, Mark like, always
2: said it never hurts to ask, Christmas right?
1: gifts, <laughs> possibly? No, I'm kidding.
0: Lexi, Lexi, actually, Heart Lover Sins could be a Taylor Swift song.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 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 I told my mom the name of a Taylor Swift song today, and she freaked out. So, All right, apparently uh-huh. your story.
4: Okay, right. so I was in second grade, and I wrote a story about how I've always wanted to go to Mexico because I was so jealous of my siblings because when my mom was pregnant with me, Uh, They went to Mexico, and I wrote, I want to go to Mexico because when my mommy was pregnant with me, I couldn't go, and they went to Mexico. So my grandma took me on a cruise to Mexico.
2: The family on a cruise. There you go. I got it wrong. Because grandma can find a
1: great deal, and she loves having an adventure with those she loves.
4: Yeah. I also,
1: I feel like this happened more so elementary, middle school. It was like grandma would say, oh, I'm going to California. I'm going to Utah. And I always make some comment about I wanted to go and then it would be taken actually like oddly seriously. And and it was nice because it was just like I had no importance of being at school and middle school and elementary school. now it's like I can't miss like hardly a day without being behind. But I remember just like those spontaneous like, oh, I'm now all of a sudden going to California next week with my grandma. Like little trips. Those were fun.
4: So cool.
0: Um... Going to shift gears a little bit here. I wanted to ask you a little bit about personal life now. What's your favorite thing about your husband?
3: My favorite thing about my husband is he can fix anything. Uh, today I noticed it um, a lot. I'm sitting there in the bishop's office as someone's talking about their struggling with the testimony. He's fixing that. He has this very strong testimony in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He can. Uh, he knows every story in the Bible, the New Testament. He knows all the stories. He can remember everything. He can fix washer and dryers that need fix. He can fix uh, computers. He can fix most things. He just knows how to do stuff. He's just so willing to do that for whoever asks him to do. He's just very, very kind. I think that's what drew me toward him. But I've heard through studies of psychiatrists, the things that draw you the most, to your spouse is the thing you that you fight about the most. So he's always trying to help somebody. And I'm kind of selfish with him and his time, so I'm not very happy that he's always running off, fixing something or doing something. And that <laughs> service-oriented, that drew me to him, but he's so willing to do help somebody.
0: Oh, he's cool. Actually, I'm going to improv here, but Amelia, what do you enjoy the most about Jorge?
2: That's what I was, I was just thinking. That's funny, because I think what attracted me to Jorge is his sense of humor like he can be so personal with anybody mm-hmm. about anything like nothing is off limits with him. Nothing. Which, was, which was great <laughs> when we were dating because we like we could have conversations and they were yeah. great conversations but now on the as his wife it terrifies me sometimes I'm like I can't say that to people like <laughs> I but, like but that's true it, I was gonna say. <laughs> in the trap fam yeah he's, he is funny And I think, like, he has a good sense of humor about life. Like, he doesn't take anything too serious, which maybe he should. Maybe he should, maybe. (laughs) But I also feel like sometimes— I feel like you guys
0: compliment each other, I feel like sometimes I take things
2: too seriously. I know I take things too seriously sometimes. So it's a good good balance for both of us, I think.
0: I feel like the thing I enjoy about Camille the most, I was considering that, is she's just kind to anybody Mm -hmm. that she meets and— I I know that if I meet anybody, even if they're a quote-unquote difficult person, Camille will hang out with them and she's not going to come back and say, I'll never talk to that person again mm-hmm. or anything like that. And odds are that the person will come back to me and say that, oh, your wife's great. I enjoyed talking with her. Uh, even somebody that might find me to be not the, <laughs> their favorite person.
2: Camille is, yeah, she does always like exude love for people around her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very true.
0: Well, Amelia, do you have other questions for your mom? Um,
3: What are you most proud of, mom? (laughs) What am I most proud of? We're not supposed to use that word. My husband will tell you. What are you most pleased with, mom? I, (laughs) my husband, I'm very, I'm very proud of my kids, my grandkids. I'm very proud of what they have become. Uh, I think uh, Amelia and I are best friends, and her kids and I are all best friends, and her husband and I are best friends. I just love the Delina family. I would say that also about Peter and Amy. I think Peter is my best friend, and Amy is my best friend, and I just love my two little best friends, Bennett and Parker. They're just my best buddies. And I would say Mark's my best friend, and Nora's my um Can I say she's my favorite uh, granddaughter? No, I can't say she's my favorite granddaughter. They're all my favorite granddaughters. but They're all my best buddies, Tessa, uh, Nora, and Darcy. Then I have my kids that are not married, and I just love Nick. He is my little peacemaker. The other day he uh, saved my marriage, and that's what he does. That's what our coworkers do, right? They call us out when we need to be called out, and he's just um such a uh, a nice pers- uh, person he's such a nice son he he does so much for us and i can't even say enough about jill how she's changed my life she taught me to love the temple and taught me to love nature and my youngest daughter becky she's just the joy of my life um she is i had a dream that i was going to have a rebecca she is a gift from god to me to and i don't know exactly Why I feel so fortunate to have all six of these kids in my life and their spouses and my grandkids. And I just feel so blessed and I'm just so proud of them, proud of my husband. And I have so many friends. I'm not going to name one of them because I'd miss one of them because I love them all. And I just love my relationships and all of what I have with all of them of my kids my siblings and i just so proud of them and i love them thank you i think it shows you do
2: love spending time with people around you like you're always like i say you're always busy but you're always busy with people i'm busy
3: with people
1: yeah mom doesn't like that about me though it's not that i don't like it it's just <laughs> it's exhausting <laughs> it's exhausting it's because she's the one that's- Drive me places.
3: You start, stuff. Start, you start driving, Alexis, your world's going to open up. No, it's a total like
2: that is such a talent in life to be able to have energy yes. and love and to just be able to spend time with those around you. But for sometimes moms who don't have that time and that energy and that talent, it's exhausting.
3: <laughs> <sighs> That's why when there's missionaries, companions go out, one of them has that energy and the other one has the. Other talents. (laughs) (laughs) What? Other talents are always good.
1: (laughs) Nice.
0: Oh, that was cool. Um, Lexi, what else do you want to talk about? I
1: have. Sorry, I have a couple of things. Um, I think, first off, I'd like to ask you what are stories you found out about? And you found out about them, but in reality, the story had happened like five years ago. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Like Oh,
3: I love the story that um, my kids would go out deer hunting in my van, and they would have these (laughs) arrows. That's not me. They would have these (laughs) arrows with the door open on my van, (laughs) and who knows what else they were doing with my van and these bows and arrows out what they called deer hunting five years later after I'm being told the story as they were in. In high school. It sounds more like a
0: drive-by shooting.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Where do they do that, Grandma?
3: Uh, you'll have to ask, uh, I think that was Peter and Mark. I don't know if that was a <laughs> next thing. I don't think the girls were ever invited. Sorry, Amelia. I am, I'm feeling left out. But Peter, oh my gosh, he was a daredevil, still is. And who knows what deer hunting meant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Oh, gosh. Do you- oh, yeah, the carpet yeah, on fire. Yeah, carpet.
3: <laughs> I think I found out that later. Peter was doing something in his bedroom, and the carpet caught on fire when we had our manufactured home. I'm just grateful that every morning we always had prayer. Heavenly <laughs> <Human laughs> Father, bless us to have safety this day. I don't know what would happen if it wasn't for morning prayer as a family.
2: Yeah.
3: Believe in prayer.
0: Please don't have the carpet start on fire today. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you gave me Peter for a reason. Don't burn <laughs> my house down.
0: I want to know about the forgiving your sister for eating your Blackberry hostess okay, pie. Okay, so
3: I grew up really, really poor, and I was on a trip with my dad. And I just got back, and I had this Blackberry pie that I was looking forward to eating, and... I woke up that morning, it was gone. I saw the empty wrapper and I shared a room with three other sisters and I'm like questioning my sisters and they're all like, I have no idea what happened to your pie, Audrey. And I had one sister, she had blackberry all over her face and she's denying that she didn't touch my pie. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, you did too. She goes, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. And it was all over her face. <laughs> so if you're going to steal someone's blackberry pie, Clean wipe your evidence. face. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> when you're done. Hide the evidence. Hide the
0: evidence. <laughs> a sidebar for a second. Amelia, do you remember getting those in your lunch? The hostess pie? Did you
2: I didn't get those in my... So again, grew up poor. Not as poor as my okay. mom. But the one time we got a treat was if we went to the grocery store with her, she would buy us like a, one of the hostess pies.
0: That's one mm-hmm. of those things where if I see a picture of it, I instantly can t- like remember how it tastes. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. <laughs> From our childhood. What was the best flavor?
2: Uh, lemon or blackberry, probably. Mm-hmm. Really,
0: I'm yeah. like apple pie all day. The the
2: oh, see,
3: I didn't. I'm, I can pass. That was that common.
2: One.
0: Yeah. So I could understand why it's hard to forgive that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so was,
3: important. I was, I was <laughs> saving it for a reason. And so, I didn't get it. She didn't replace it back. So how did you forgive her? I haven't, absolutely, (laughs) actually. Still holding that one. What's that? Still holding on to that one, huh? I have forgiven her. Now it's funny. It wasn't funny at the time. Uh, Sounds like something Eli would do. Yeah. That's it? (laughs) Yeah.
0: What else do you want to talk about, Amelia?
2: Well, I'm looking over here at Lexi's list. She has a list of things that aren't
1: crossed off yet.
0: Let's keep going to Alexis then.
1: Should I just start at the top? Um, I'll start at the top. Grandkids stories. So we were here about Bennett and you getting pulled over. Just want to know if there's any other notable things. I don't remember any notable things. I could sit there and talk about Brandon all day.
3: But when I hung out with my kids, when I hung out with my grandkids and they were being naughty, I would take a a screenshot of
1: them and they would be my screenshot of the day.
3: So you did not want to be grandma's screenshot (laughs) of the day.
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, I remember this, like, started in Indiana. Parallel was, like, just throwing so many fits, my grandma would start taking pictures of her and making her a screensaver, and Parallel would, like, get even more mad. And it was just... Actually, that reminds me, Grandma. We went on a bike ride as a family the other day. Or bike ride slash walk. Um, <laughs> yep. And then basically, <laughs> I'm looking back through the photos today. Literally, I'm going to be so honest in the middle of, like, sacrament meeting. I'm looking back through the photos. And I <laughs> zoom in on Parlo's face. And she's just like, like, I do not want to be here. I hate you all. One one picture, she has the entirety of her helmet covering her face. <laughs> Just the funniest photos ever. Also, I don't. Th- it wasn't stacking meaning. It was fifth hour. Or do you want to you defend yourself at all? Girl? Second hour. So to guilt
3: my grandkids and keep them in line, I would make them the screen screen saver uh, screen sh- saver of the day. And you didn't want to be there.
2: Honestly, I felt it was very effective. That was uh, really good. It's still to this day is an effective parenting method. That's kind of passive aggressive. <laughs> right? uh-huh. No one wants to be on grandma's screensaver with a with a like really just horrible look on your face it's i haven't had one for a long time
0: i'll have to ask you about your technique every time i've tried it i have to buy a new phone <laughs> what <laughs> oh yeah that phone gets slapped out of my hand pretty quick
1: <laughs> yeah the, yeah anyway. that's what happens whenever i take a bad picture in parallel. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, Grandma, you... What year are you born? You grew up in the 70s? I was born in 59. I grew up in the 70s. Grew up in the 70s. You're like
3: the exact age as me. I
1: just (laughs) wanted to hear what that was like culturally um, because I feel like everyone's like grown up with their own things. Like, my mom, you were like a 90s kid. Um, I feel like my childhood was like Disney Channel and Mario Kart and stuff. I just wanted to know like what was... What was growing up like for you? Like, who was popular in music? Who's popular in like TV? Like, oh, the Beatles
3: were popular. We only had one channel on TV, but the Brady Bunch was popular and um, leave it to Beaver and stuff like that. Uh, we didn't have cell phones and we would actually go to the phone and do the dial. Ding, 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 ding for a phone number. And um, oh. we didn't have video games. We actually had to learn how to play with our brothers and sisters. We had to learn how to talk to each other. And we had to learn to go run outside and have fun and and do stuff. We grew up being bored and trying to be creative and finding things to do. And... Um, There wasn't a lot of peer pressure, the peer pressure of social media, that that social media makes we, um, yeah, it was the drug culture and the smoking and stuff like that, but it wasn't heavy like it is now. Hmm. And we didn't know anything about the uh, being gay or lesbian. That was something that we didn't even know anything
1: about. Interesting. Yeah, I was wondering about that, especially with, like, the, um, like, drug culture back then, because I feel like a lot of people, or I mean, at least, like, things I've heard is, like, the 70s were big and not in my uh, Not in my world. It was more, uh, what do you call it,
3: in, like, colleges, perhaps. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure BYU had a crazy drug scene. Yeah, crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, BYU was the best thing I ever did going to BYU, Bravo. Amazing.
1: And would it have been Rick's College at the time for I It was Rick's
3: College. It was Rick's yeah. College at the time.
1: Yeah.
3: It wasn't cool. BYU was. Huh. Yeah.
1: Well, I still have a few more unless Bishop or my mom want to take over for a second, so it's not just me. Well, um, if time wasn't an issue, how
2: would
3: you spend each day? Uh... Man, when I came out of the temple on Wednesday, I just wanted to sit there in the sun, looking at the spring flowers on the temple grounds, just sitting there with the good people of the earth, coming to see um, see what the temple was about, and to be there with the people that work at the temple. It was so pretty just sitting there at the temple for a few moments that I had, and just being there in the sun. I love sitting out in the sun beach would be fun too oh yeah
2: absolutely I so you're talking about the garden I've always respected and to this day I still ask you gardening questions because I feel like in my mind you're like the garden expert like you have always made it a priority to have a garden that was well manicured and like beautiful like a place that people would want to go to like where did that come from your mom or was that something that you just enjoyed
3: I think that came I think that came from my dad. Um my mom was uh, big into that too. My dad loved the beauty of the tulips, the rhododendrons, the um he wasn't into daffodils. I love daffodils. Um I always look forward to spring and watching the the flock plant grow on the outside on the steps. And the daffodils coming up. I was asked my dad why he didn't plant more daffodils, so he started planting more daffodils. Um, But yeah, he loved to grow flowers. My mom's thing was vegetables. My dad was uh, into the flowers. I didn't think a tree was worth uh, planting unless it flowered. I now think differently. I think uh, fir trees are just as pretty as a flowering dogwood. But I love to garden, I think, from my dad. He was... It was an artist when it came to plants. Thank you. I saw you mentioned
0: that activity day leader is one of your favorite callings you've had.
3: Oh, I love being active. I love playing with girls. I'll take boys to that age. It's just so fun, and I don't have I don't have to ask in presidency meeting what they want to do. I got to do what I want to do, and I can just go have fun with these kids. I don't have to. It's no class presences. It's just. The leaders get to decide what to do, and you go do yeah. it. And I can plan, to go play with them however I want to play with them. It's like hanging out with eight grandkids at one time and having go fun with them. And you can teach them the gospel. You're making things. Um, and when you have, when you've been uh, hands laid upon you and been uh, set apart for that calling, the Lord blesses you. So you're being blessed to just go have fun with kids. Is how I look at activity days.
0: That's I, that's relatable. That's the way I see working with young men and young women, too.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, I, yeah, I feel privileged to be there, for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great attitude. It's not a, I have to do this job, or this is my job. That It's a responsibility, but it's an opportunity for you to go enjoy spending time with people. Spending time with more that's kids. A blessed time. A set of yeah. part-time, yeah.
3: I love kids. It's been, it's in my Patrick Blessing that I will be an influence with children. I just love, I love children at all ages. I think they're all really fun at every age. They all have something that they contribute at different uh, ages in their life. It's just really fun to hang out with kids for me.
0: I think that's cool. Um, And we actually had. State conference, I think it was a couple of state conferences ago where they actually talked about the importance of sharing the patriarchal blessing with your family. It's your family's blessing, not just yours. And because mine says something like that too, it says that you're going to be focused on serving the youth when you get older. And um, I just thought that was really neat. It opened my eyes a bit about the patriarchal blessing. Um, Amelia, how growing up, what do you remember about your mom and your parents kind of sharing the gospel? What what was that like in your family?
2: Oh, my parents were dedicated if they knew it was coming from the prophet. Um, my mom could probably say this better from her point of view, but from what I noticed is we had scriptures every day, and we had family night once a week, and we showed up to church on Sunday, and my parents attended the temple. Um, and were we great participants in that process. I'm sure we weren't cuz I as a parent now I see how family night goes <laughs> and it's not always smooth um or finishes or finishes <laughs> sometimes we cut it um but they did it and I feel like that for me has been a lifeline. Like I've drawn back on that multiple times. Like that was definitely a building block in my testimony and in my faith personally. What I was going to say, we made that difficult on you, mom.
3: (laughs) But what kept you doing that? I mean, I know, but in your words. I determined one day I was going to do it uh, no matter what happened. And um, it's easy to stop doing it because things aren't working out or justifying something. For example, it's easy to say we don't need to do family night because we'll count watching Monday night football or we'll count that we (laughs) went out to dinner tonight or we'll count um, going to grandma's house or we'll count, pretty soon you're counting everything before you're not counting anymore. It's just gone. So I decided I'm not counting things. It is, we, um, we did something. Yeah. Well- as a participant in
2: that, like I, I felt it, and I, it's definitely reminded me over the years that even if it's only one verse of scriptures, we're gonna try and get that one verse of scriptures out that night, and or whatnot. Because I, the commandments are there definitely, and the things from the church that they want us doing aren't just busy work. I, I believe, and I definitely know that they're there to help reason. hold us together as we try to make it
3: back to them yeah it's our lifeline it took us 10 years to get um those habits um established in our in our family we would start them um, and then we would start justifying things and before we're not doing it we would, got to start up again and we would justify things stop doing it, it took 10 years
0: Uh, I want to ask Lexi and Parla this too. Um just what do you value um from your parents as far as how they share the gospel either at home or or outside of it?
4: Hmm.
1: Um I think that kind of like consistency that you guys were talking about um I see a lot like I mean for example um On the average night, there's no getting out of mutual, um, or anything. (laughs) Like it's you show up, you support, and it's just it's even stuff like just like that. Because on a night that I just go to mutual alone by myself, but I was still forced to go there by my mom. Like I'm able to like build a connection with like the youth there, make the ones who are already there like feel loved and invited. Um, Because we were talking about that in Young Women's like the other day like who's go- like we always definitely have a focus on who's gone, who's missing, who can we serve in that way, but I've also learned who can we serve that's already there. Like um not overlooking them and I think that's really important. Um I think that's what you were kind of touching on last Sunday mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so just stuff like that. I mean, my dad's a super like he's not scared to reach out at all. Um, sometimes, sometimes I want to say he's a little, a little too open. Like, I mean, every single time, every single <laughs> scripture verse he likes and every single video, every single, everything, <laughs> he sends it immediately to like his friends group chat, no matter how, like, what are they? Catholic they are. Mm-hmm. He's just like, he sends it anyway. Um, he's super persistent on, I know someone we're visiting them, whether you like it or not, we're going and you're going to come with um, which I think can be very helpful to have that push into ministering,
0: yeah, I think your dad I think it works for him because he's authentic and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's he's not pretending to be somebody he's not, mm-hmm. and so even if people may not agree with him, you know i I don't think it's ever seriously offensive. I could be wrong, maybe he gets in trouble, <laughs> but um, I like what you said to Lexi about when we go to church, a little bit of a sidebar, but when we go to church, it's we are worried about the people that aren't there, but we have to worry about the people that show up too, because I think sometimes a misinterpretation of scripture is that Jesus is going after, after the one, meaning that it's the one who got away, but at some point in our life, we're the one, right? All of us is going to be the one at some point, and that one may be sitting right next to you in church. Right. So I I think that's super important. Thanks for sharing that.
3: Yeah. I think I want to say something about Jorge really quick. What I appreciate about Jorge is I think him being uh, who he is, I think he helped the, the Freeman family heal when we first met him to be more uh, loving and be more um, open with each other. And I think he was the best thing that ever happened to the Freeman family as far as learning how to love and to hug and to say I love you. And he brought a lot of, um, what's that word? He brought a lot of, made it easier, comfortable. He made um, showing our affections, our emotions to each other comfortable because he has, um, because that's his culture.
2: That's exactly what I was going to say too. That's his when <laughs> um, Lexi was saying that, because and then back to your question earlier of how are my parents different today than they were when I was growing up. That I that's one thing
3: is he healed our family.
2: My family when I was growing up could not say I love you like that was just taboo, ta- totally taboo. We I had no idea how to hug my parents naturally, or my siblings for that matter, and that wasn't because. It's just they were never taught themselves. That y- mm-hmm. you guys also came from households that that mm-hmm. wasn't what happened or went That's down. That's right. But Jorge was able to come along and help us get past that for sure. Like when before my grandma passed away, she was hugging her children and grandchildren, which did not happen before he was in the picture. So that was super cool to see.
0: Yeah. I- I think that we can change in that way because I actually, Audrey, I grew up with a similar parent situation with a dad with narcissistic personality mm-hmm. disorder and um, just kind of a cold cold environment. And um, it it felt too vulnerable to hug and, and to tell people you love them because you felt like that could put you at risk. Yes. Um and it it took a long time for me too to gain that. And for me it was members of this ward actually that helped. Uh Alan Marchant, one of the people, Jorge. Um, some other people I'll always So you be see Jorge's
3: for. influence in your life too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I I should tell him that actually. I should yeah, tell him I'm grateful for that.
2: I love that word vulnerable this week. I'm I'm trying to learn more about it and appreciate it more. Um when we come off that we're all perfect and we've got it all put together, like that makes it really hard to build connections and to have relationships with people. Um, But that's not why we're here on this earth to be individuals. We're on this earth to be a covenant keeping family, whether that's a person you're married to or blood related or a person that you are asked to minister to or your neighbors with. Like there's so many people in our life that we can, Make connections with and be vulnerable with and give a hug to. They're so like, we're so deprived of love and affection that I do appreciate seeing that perspective now that you don't have to be cold and isolated. You can have care and concern for those around you.
0: Awesome we're we're getting close to time i just want to make sure that nobody sees the duration on the episode and is scared away <laughs> it's like this has been an awesome talk though um i lexi do you have any uh questions that you wanted to get into still
1: uh i mean i have a few but they're not we still we still
0: got time for a few
1: all right um i ask I just wanted to know how you met Grandpa and, um, more to that story because I think I know like the very basics, but like how you met him, maybe, um, like how you knew he was, um, the one for you, stuff like that. Well, Grandpa and I met at a in BYU at a dance class. There wasn't enough uh,
3: uh, boys in our class, so we were told to go back and uh, recruit for the next class and. Um, dad's sister was in the class. So dad, uh, grandpa's uh, sister. So he came and joined the class. There's still twice as many girls as there was boys in that class. So we had to share, but we did a um, final together. So I got to know him from doing the final. Then I went off home for Christmas and he lived in Provo. So he went home for Christmas and I came back and didn't see him anymore and I met him in March, the 1st of March, at a fireside that they had uh, the first Sunday of Mar- uh, each month with a member of the Quorum of the Twelve or some general authority. And he asked me out, and we just started dating after that. I would just broken up with a boy <laughs> earlier that day. So if I if met him one day sooner, I would have told him I had a boyfriend. And so started dating uh grandpa, but like I told you earlier, what drew me to him was his compassionate his um his um his caring for each other and how helpful he wanted to be and I had some roommates that told me if i didn't uh uh if I didn't notice how nice mm-hmm. he was, I was not being very smart, so they pretty much told me that he's pretty good choice, but I prayed about it, and I felt good about it so We didn't date very long before he asked me to marry him. And I met him first. I met him in September, started dating in March, and we were married in August of 1980. So really quick courtship. But when you're dating somebody and you just, you never have any doubts about it, that's the right person for you. If you have a lot of doubts, that's the wrong person for you.
0: Or as Josh Crook says, when they feel like a comfortable pair of jeans.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I like that. Um, uh, Lexi, you got any other questions? Or,
1: um, I think my last one will be. You're talking about, um, like, what role being a member of the church has had in your life and you put something down about seminary and i just uh, i mean first off i was just wondering if you're talking about like seminary like when you attended or if you've like um helped out since then it was when i attended
3: seminary seminary to me was starting of a time in my life my testimony that's when i read the book of mormon for the first time So where I started going to a a class every morning before school, learning of the gospel. I think seminary for me was learning the gospel. It was principles of gospel I probably heard my whole life, but now I'm I'm taking them in. I'm learning them. Um, We shouldn't do this. We should do this. We should read this um, Book of Mormon. I think that's what it was for me. It was me um, feeling the Spirit more every day. Because I didn't have that in my home like you do. I didn't have my parents reading scriptures to me. I didn't have um, family home evening. I didn't have any of that. All I had was Sunday going to church. So when I was able to go to seminary every day, plus going to church, uh, I think it was a huge building for me of testimony. And so I think that helped me the most was going to seminary as a youth and be able to have that. In my life, helping me to grow, learn learning the gospel, and these amazing seminary teachers in my life at that time was huge for me.
0: Awesome, thank you. And any last questions, uh, Amelia or Lexi? I
2: was gonna say I don't have any questions, just because I feel like I know you so well. Yeah. Like, you're, you've you always been an open book, and you're always willing to share your thoughts and your advice, and I just appreciated that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do our last question a little different this time. So, I want to ask you guys as a family, so Audrey, Perla, Lexi, and uh, Amelia— how has being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints helped you as a family to better connect with the Savior? Well, I'll start with Audrey and go around.
3: Because of the gospel, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I learned to love people. I grew up being um, pretty selfish myself. My dad, being a narcissist, was was all about him. So he taught us to be selfish. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I learned to love people, be compassionate toward people and to learn to um, value other people in my life instead of being all about me. I remember I was probably about 25 years old, maybe 30, where I woke up one day and I realized the world doesn't revolve around me. And it was a very hard realization that maybe I need to get out of my stupid, uh, selfish world and start loving other people and start caring about someone besides myself. So I started Taken on the attitude: if someone asks me to do something, I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to do it. I'm not going to try to get out of it anymore. I'm going to try to do it, like the Savior would, uh, but not be a rug, but to do, but to be of service to other people. Awesome. Carol,
4: did you want to step in, Perla? Um. So I think that without the uh, gospel in my life, I would like have no boundaries It has taught me boundaries and I honestly I think I'd be like a wild child because everything in my life that I know now it's like um about what I've learned like this is my like what I have gone through my whole life and this is what I know like I'll go to school and I'll be doing stuff and I'll know that I have to be a part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I'll just take that throughout my whole life, and it's a part of my life. So.
0: Thanks, Lexi.
4: Um,
1: I'm gonna—I almost just said my positive moment. <laughs> uh-huh. Not sure where my brain is right now. Um, let's see. Honestly, I think it's been a lot of like just the practices um, of the church, like. Um, provide like guides. I don't know, like family home evening. Like we wouldn't have family night, um, if it weren't for like the church. because um, like you could still like I think very well have those things like um a knowledge of Christ without having those extra like importances of a family and having those structured times um that we're together and that we're like hanging out and that we're feeding those relationships. Um just like stuff like the family uh, the family a proclamation to the world, um, like those things are um, awesome resources that like we wouldn't have if it weren't for um our church in particular. So I appreciate that.
0: Awesome, yeah. It's you know we can connect with Jesus regardless of what church we're a member of, but the church allows us to bind ourselves to Him through covenants and through the teachings that we learn. So.
2: Awesome. Um, for myself, I I have always enjoyed like studying psychology or reading self help books. Um, and as a parent, I love resources that help me be a better parent. Um, but I feel like the best resource is definitely our Savior Jesus Christ when it comes to building strong relationships, not just um. Among like being a strong person ourselves, but those relationships with our kids and with our spouses and our and those love people, those people that we love in our life, our parents and our siblings, Christ knows that we're going to mess it up. We're we're imperfect and we're going to make mistakes. And life is messy. And life is we're not going to come out of it without any bumps and bruises. Um, but He's also provided a plan and a way for us to make those bumps and bruises, um, things that can help us and things that we can learn from and we can be perfected because of them, because of Him, because He knows us and He knows how to heal us and He, because of that atonement, He has basically saved us from them like we are saved because of him and when i remember that when i'm trying to be a parent or a daughter or a spouse when i remember my savior's in the picture uh, that helps me be a better better person
0: awesome thanks guys i appreciate you coming on the show thank you audrey
3: Mm -hmm. you're welcome
0: amelia lexi perla didn't I didn't know we'd get a Perla appearance? So yeah, that's
1: Perla really only cool. came here because I um, bonus Perla. I made a yeah. deal with her. Cool. All
0: right,
3: and happy Mother's Day to everybody
0: yeah. out there. Happy Mother's Day. In this episode of the Connection Podcast. We're on most podcast carriers, so please like and subscribe. The show's art is done by Joel boreen and the music is provided by Drew boreen We look forward to connecting to you next time. Until then, take care.